Design it, craft it, smith it, stitch it, tool it, and pick it. We do it all. This is Bespoke Lahoma. Welcome back to Bespoke Lahoma. This week, I'm in charge and Melissa is not here. Only because she's not she's not feeling good. She's sick and under the weather. So let's hope she gets better for next week. Um, as always, we're sponsored by Traditions Leathercraft out of Oklahoma City. Go check out his Facebook page, Facebook group. Check him out online. Uh, check out all the specials he's got going on right now. Um, and currently, I am in the house recording because I'm not about to... Uh, turn off the AC unit in my shop because it's, you know, I think we're about a quarter mile from hell right now outside and it's getting ridiculous. <laughs> we are needing rain too. I, I was going to mow the yard today, but I was worried about, you know, catching the whole thing on fire. Um, so this week is going to be on a different day. It's going to be basically the same as any other week. This week we're getting stepping out of Oklahoma, and we are going all the way up to Oregon. And today, I have Dan Spencer with Spearheaders Spearheaders Leather. How's it going, Dan? Oh, it's going good. How you doing, Justin? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I called you Justin. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought you were just joking, but uh, okay, I got it. It's, it's a cool. You threw me off. uh besides you know sweating just thinking about going outside not too bad i've actually been sick since last thursday but oh man you know getting over it so how are you and uh how long have you been doing leather oh wow so uh i think i did my first sale uh back in 2013 um, and that was shortly before that, maybe six months before that I started, you know, just messing around on my own, uh, with leather. Um, and yeah, so, um, as a, as a hobbyist, mostly, um, been doing leather since then. Yeah. That's awesome. I actually just recently, it, before we got on, I, scrolled through your Instagram and I just recently saw the, uh, the wallets you're making out of baseball gloves. Oh yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. are pretty awesome. I think you're the first person we've had on that's made wallets out of baseball gloves. So, how, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, how hard is it to get them uh, taken apart and get to where you can sew them back up and make them look good as you do? Yeah. So they're a real pain. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can imagine, <laughs> So it was uh, it was sort of uh, like in uh, necessities, the mother in, of invention, right? So uh, when I started Leathercraft, um, there wasn't really much on YouTube. Uh, there wasn't like a local leather store, leather supply store or anything like that. Um, but I, I really wanted to try to make my own wallet. Um, and I had these old baseball gloves in the garage that my mother-in-law had bought for the family uh, at a yard sale, but they're all, they were all left-hand thrower for left-hand throwers. 
Um, <laughs> we're all right-handed. So uh, I thought, well, this is good leather. I'll just tear this apart and, and try to make something. Um, and that's how I started. Uh, and it sort of like fell upon my own little niche there um, because more people wanted them. Uh, but yeah, they are a pain. You've got to, you got to come in with a razor knife, um, cut all the seams, take them apart. They're full of real like, like uh, gummy, like bubble gum type glue um, inside. And then some of them have, like the old ones have horse hair inside, but they're all full of stuffing that you throw away. And then if they've got any age at all, um, uh, they've got dirt from, from the field. You know, and so like I, I, when I tear them apart, I literally just sit over a garbage can and like just let it all fall in the garbage can and take them, take them apart, which is sort of why I don't do as many as I used to, mm -hmm. um, because it's you can get through a project a lot quicker when you're starting with with new leather. <laughs> so uh, thanks for talking me out of not making one of those uh, <laughs> i mean i hadn't planned on it i saw your wallets and i was like man that's that'd be pretty cool to you know put one together it looks like it wouldn't be too hard but yeah now that you mentioned having to you know rip all the threads and peel everything off i'm uh I'll, I'll send the orders to you if i get one okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> a bunch of those oh i've made hundreds yeah i mean for for the first several years that's all i did was baseball glove wallets and uh and yeah made made a ton of them so you kind of got a love-hate relationship with them like you love the yeah. that came from them but hate the process well you know it's so satisfying when it's completed mm -hmm. because i mean they're beautiful i mean they've got all that age yeah. The, what everybody says is like, wow, I love the fact that it, it already feels broken in, but mm -hmm. you know, it looks really nice. It looks like brand new, um, but with, with age to it. So yeah. Right. Now, yeah, was, that your... love hate. <laughs> <laughs> was, was uh, that your first thing you made or what was the very first project you made? You know, I think one of the first projects I made, is I had an old Bible cover, or actually it was my wife's Bible cover, and um, and I turned that into a wallet first. But yeah, I, there was no there was no like buying like a hide of a leather leather or, or a panel of leather. It was like not an option until like later on when I found a couple places that I could order from. And, right. And, uh, yeah. So are, are you doing it full time or are you just no, with no I would say it, it, it's part time. I've got a day job or a night job, I guess you'd call it. And, uh, recently moved, uh, moved my operation out of my house into a, a workshop um, that I rent uh, from a friend. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, full time, part time. I probably do. Um, it's probably close to full time as many hours as I spend here, but it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not supporting me or anything like that. I don't, I don't right. depend on it to pay my bills. Right. Right. Um, is, 
uh, your name spearheaders is that mm-hmm. uh, does that mean anything like how did you come up with it oh wow um, so years ago before before all this I was in uh, marketing mm-hmm. and I had a, a blog that I called uh, innovation and marketing and then when I changed jobs and I was I was actually going to do a, my own little marketing startup. Um, I wanted something similar to that. Uh, so <laughs> I, I started looking for synonyms for innovation and spear, spearhead came up. Um, and so I called that spearhead marketing. And then it was at that time that I was doing leather and so I thought, well, I've already got this registered business. I'll put it under that. And so I named my, my at the time, Etsy shop, Spearheaders. Um, but I've, I, I kind of like the name because um, to me, it, it invokes like what it must have been like when, you know, the first peoples were, were hunting and they would come across big game and, and then they'd use everything including the leather. And so, um, yeah, to me, just the, the spirit of it just kind of, kind of, uh, resonated with me. So I've stuck with that. That's awesome. <clears throat> I like it. I, I, I wasn't sure. I, I thought that's where you were going with it when, you know, every time I see it pop up, uh-huh. I just wanted to see if there was more. It, uh, yeah. But, uh, also you've got, a lot of Bigfoot stuff. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, so how did that come about? Well, uh, my logo used to be a mammoth, like a woolly mammoth, and then like a kind of like cave art. Mm-hmm. Um, but I live here in the Pacific Northwest, and a few years ago, I decided I wanted to kind of rebrand and bring in more of the Pacific Northwest feel mm. to my brand. I've got a friend that's a really, she's a talented artist. And so I started brainstorming with her and I spent, I, I really wanted the art style to be um, the Pacific Northwest Native American um, style art. Uh, and so we were talking about different animals that could possibly you know, really fit in with the Pacific Northwest and Bigfoot is, is huge around here. Like, you know, whether people believe in it or not, it's sort of like a mascot for, for PNW. And so, yeah, we, we, together, we kind of created that and, and he's been, Squatchy's been the logo now for, I don't know, three or four years, maybe five years, actually. It was before the pandemic. So. You got a name for him, Squatchy? Yeah, we call him Squatchy. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, uh, Bigfoot is actually it's pretty popular down. I mean, pretty popular down here, especially down in southeast Oklahoma, where oh yeah, uh, we have our little mountains down there, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. We even have a, a Bigfoot festival down there that I had been doing for the last. I, I did it for like six years in a row. Yeah, but uh, I've stepped away from it uh but letting somebody some other people go and try to sell down there 
And Bigfoot people love leather work, especially if it has Bigfoot Bigfoot on it. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we just went, we just did a Bigfoot festival, and um, the gal I was talking about, the artist that that made my logo, she she's um, she loves art and and all that stuff, and so she actually came with us, and she made a full costume, a full Bigfoot costume, and she was like the star of the festival. Uh, she actually won the Bigfoot Festival uh, contest costume contest, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was it was fun, good times. That, that is awesome. When we get off here, send me a picture if you oh. got if you got one of it. Yeah, I will. I don't, I don't I don't think I've seen it on your Instagram. So okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is really cool. I I had a, a friend. Uh, she's no longer with us, but uh, she I made friends with her at that Bigfoot Festival and. She ended up making this pretty cool costume, and she was called She Squatch. Uh-huh. And you know, she kind of gave it big boobs and a big butt, <laughs> and just covered in hair. And she, you know, would put the uh, she wouldn't use a mask. She did the uh, oh the costume kind of makeup stuff to make yeah. her. Yeah, that's what Crystal know. did too. Yeah, it it looked pretty cool, and you know down in southeast Oklahoma in October it gets pretty hot so like halfway through the day she would have to go to her camper because like her face would be melting off (laughs) (laughs) it's it's really cool and a lot of those people people that go to those shows they're really nice people some of them yeah but uh there could be but anyways the one um, I went to had like experts and everything like, oh, yeah, this, this like, show will yeah. have their experts too. Yeah. yeah, it was cool, it was fun. So, now that you don't do as many baseball gloves, uh, what is your favorite thing right now to make? <clears throat> well, I, you know, I got into tooling um, a few years ago, um, and at first I was awful, and now I'm a little bit better. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of, uh, guitar straps and belts and, and other projects too, but I, I really, uh, been having a lot of fun with guitar straps, tooled, fully tooled, uh, guitar straps. Um, that's, that's been like a fun project for me because you can make them, you can make them adjustable to where, um, you don't have to have the person's size. Like, whereas with a belt, you've got to fit it to the person. But a guitar strap, you don't have to. Uh, and you got a little bit more room for tooling, so you can really get elaborate in there. So that's that's probably my favorite thing to make right now. Yeah. yeah get, I, I always love making t- guitar straps. I haven't gotten an order for one in a while. I'm just about to just get the leather and just make one to, to just sell because they're – you know, it, they're kind of hard to mess up. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, it's the fun, like it, it's much wider than a belt. And uh-huh. it just, it makes you think, oh man, belts could be fun. If you could, you know, all, always make sure you get the size right in the belt, you know, just the complicatedness of a belt into strap that can fit everybody yeah yeah they they're a lot of fun 
Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I've got one that I've been kind of working on the side, not, not as an order, but just as something maybe to put, you know, out for display. And it's, it's, uh, it's got like the, the Sheridan Western scrolls. Um, but I've, I've put in moths and, and roses instead of like, like cultivated roses instead of, uh, like wild roses or other different flowers. Um, Oh, because cool. the town I'm in is is Roseburg, and we have a music festival every year. Well, it's actually an ongoing um, thing where it's free concerts in the park, and it's called uh, Music on the Half Shell, and <laughs> it's abbreviated Moths, M-O-T-H-S, um, and so like all their logos have moths in them. So, anyways, it's sort of inspired by that, and I thought, well, maybe when I'm done. You know, maybe I'll I'll gift it to them, or they can auction it off, or something like that, or or maybe I'll just. Sell it. But it, it's it's turning out super cool, and and people seem to really enjoy the the moth, like the designs on moths because they all look kind of different and funky. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. Cool. Yeah. It, yeah it, it, Turning out pretty cool. I, I don't know if you saw uh, that plague doctor mask, that very first yeah. one I made. <laughs> like everybody loved the moth on that forehead. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was like, awesome. I I thought about making more. Uh-huh. Which, like that whole project, I was sweating because like I had never made one before, and the guy was wanting a bunch of color to it. And I kept shooting myself in the foot with it because uh-huh. he'd be like, oh, I just want, you know, a couple of oak leaves and some bug or some bugs, like a prey man, a scorpion, whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, how about a moth on a death head moth on the forehead? He was like, perfect idea. Yeah. And, you know, I got it all tooled out. I was like, OK, how am I going to paint this? <laughs> <laughs> and, but it it turned out pretty great, and it's uh, he's actually supposed to be letting me have it back so I can uh, enter it into our state fair. Oh, awesome! This weekend, so pretty excited about it. Yeah. So, do you do very? I know you said you did the Bigfoot show. Do you do very many uh, shows and events up there? So I haven't done a ton. Um... I, so there's a there's a a, lo, a shop local market that I'll do occasionally, mm-hmm. um, whenever because they're they're not all the time. They're I think they do like one every quarter, um, or maybe one every couple months, something like that. Uh, and then I did a an Oktoberfest festival last year, and then I did the Bigfoot festival this year, um, and both of those weren't that great (laughs) i uh after the bigfoot festival my wife is like she's like i'm not coming to any more of these (laughs) because it was it was crazy hot and uh it it just wasn't worth it financially Mm. you know i mean because you you put you put in a lot of time and money into setting up for these events and they say they say honestly they say like for these events 
that whatever the vendor fee is, you should make like five to 10 times uh, in sales than whatever the vendor fee is. And uh, I did not make that much. I mean, I, I paid for the vendor fee. Um, yeah. It did cover that. But when you factor in, you know, your time sitting there or being there at the booth and then like the time that you put in building inventory and then just like random things like, you know, you got to buy another, I had to get another, I borrowed another table, but you've got to get tablecloths for those and things for the display and a banner. Um, and then I, of Squatchy, my, my logo, I had like a, a seven foot cardboard cutout thing made up for that um you know all that involved and like oh wow at the end of the show you've lost money yeah so um but i learned i learned something i learned like what what to do and what not to do i think i figured out why shows like that haven't been working Mm -hmm. so So, oh go ahead I was going to say, what are the to-dos and don'ts that you learned? Well, so after the Blocktoberfest, which which was better, but it didn't do that great, um, I thought that the reason that I would have done better is because I didn't have enough low-cost items. Mm. Um, you know, those $5, $10 to $20 items. Um, I didn't have a ton of those. So for the Bigfoot Festival, I thought, well, okay, I'm going to make a lot of those and, and have a lot of those on display. But at the Bigfoot Festival, mostly what I sold was like stickers of my logo and a, and a few little, a few other things. I sold some hats with hat patches mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. But what I figured out is that a festival, people go to buy or not to buy. They go to for the experience. They go for the free music. They go for, you know, checking out the Bigfoot stuff. They eat at the food truck. And then maybe if they're going to buy something, it'll be like a souvenir. But they're not going to drop a couple hundred bucks on, you know, a bag or a wallet or, um, you know, guitar strap even. They're going to buy something cheap um, mm-hmm. for a souvenir. And that's why the stickers, I think, did so well. Um but uh, a market, people are going there because they want to spend money. They want to shop. Right. So my and and, and I did. I talked to uh, I talked to several of the other vendors like toward the end of the show, just to see how they did, just to see if they were doing something different than me. And all of them were basically had the same experience that that. You know, they had a lot of people come through the booth. I mean, there was like thousands of people that were at the show. I think the day that we were there, like it was like 4,500 people came through. Um, Yeah, yeah, ton of people. And then, you know, they all, you know, made a a couple hundred bucks. Uh, A lot of them did worse than I did, which was unfortunate. And one one gal said, I do better at a farmer's market than than at these things and I don't know why and I think that's what it is I think it's just the mentality I mean if I was going you know just as a, as you know a visitor or whatever um, that's what I would do I would eat at the food truck listen to the music 
you know, browse around and then, you know, go home. Uh, right. Wouldn't be there necessarily to buy anything expensive or special. So. Well, uh, did it like for general people just coming into that show, did they have to pay for in- entrance? No. So that's oh. the other thing is it's a free, sh- it was a free event. Um, yeah. So they, they weren't, they weren't spending money. They did bring a lot of people in from out of the area though. Like it drew a crowd. It wasn't just mm. people that lived around that area. I think a lot of people came from, you know, from, from a couple hours away. Um, mm. So like the, the, the event organizers, they did a great job with organizing the event. It's, you know, no, no fault of their own that, yeah. <laughs> that the vendors didn't do well. I mean, they did great with advertising. They did great with, with everything else. Um, it could have been cooler. The weather could have been cooler if they could have done something about that. But um, right, yeah, it's kind of it's, it's a little different down this way. Uh-huh. I I feel from the shows that I've done, um, like if admission is free. Mm-hmm. at a show usually you know i'd kill it really um yeah um usually i struggle at the shows that uh you know people have to pay to get into because you know you're already dropping especially if it's a family you're dropping money to get in mm-hmm. and then you're gonna get food you're gonna get a drink and um you know but you and unless you're right next to the door yeah. you know people are going to end up spending their money, you know, as soon as they walk. Yeah. And, you know, by the, sometimes by the time they get to you, they're like, man, I love your work, but you know, they held up their bag of stuff. They've already bought. I've already spent my load. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's, oh no, just go ahead and take a card. And, you know, when you get your next paycheck, think of me, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it seems, seems like it's a little bit different running down here, but, uh, and it's, it's, it's not every show like, you know, the, the big hunting and fishing show we do down here. I think it's like five to 10 bucks a person to get in. And mm-hmm. the, this past, this past year, it was kind of a struggle, uh, getting stuff sold. But I think for the majority of everybody in our booth area, we, you know, still made quite a bit, but it was, it, it wasn't nothing like last year. Last year we, uh, we killed it. Everybody killed it on sales, and this year is just a struggle. But yeah, I think I think you know inflation, the economy. I think that does have you know a lot to do with with whether or not the shows do well, or mm. whether or not the vendors do well at shows. Right. Um, you know, I think I think sometimes with the festivals too, you know, people it's it's free entertainment, and so they can go and and spend the day and have a great time and, and not have to spend a lot of money, which is really nice. But, um, you know, if, if paychecks are small and the grocery bills high, then mm-hmm. it does make it difficult for people to, to drop money on, on leather goods sometimes. Oh yeah. So do you plan on making your leather business full time or is it just going to be kind of a, part-time do it because you love it kind of deal you know i go back and forth so much on that um you know 
if if I could just do whatever I wanted to, yeah, I think that that would be a lot of fun um, to just go full time. Mm. Um, but I've got a lot of other things going on. Um, how much time do I really want to spend here? Um, so right now it's, it's at a good place to where it pays for itself. It, it puts money for extra things and, you know, puts a little extra money in my pocket, which is great. And it helps me to upgrade and buy tools. Mm. I think eventually, you know, years from now, it'd be great to know halfway retire and just do leather leather craft i think that would be awesome um but my wife she's always she's always reining me in like telling me okay like this isn't this isn't this is just a hobby business don't get too crazy (laughs) (laughs) like don't let this take over your life um which is is it's good advice um you know, my kids are teenagers. They're not going to be at home forever. This is important time to, to spend with them and, and to have good times with them so that, you know, when they do leave home, you know, they have memories of, of me being there and not memories of dad always being at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's where I'm at right now. That's awesome. Yeah. I had a question locked and loaded, but I forgot what it was. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, 32 minutes in, and this is the first fart, and Melissa's not here, so. Yeah, that's why you need Melissa. She'd have something to say at this uh, point. She, she always has something to say, don't she? Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, uh, I, I did want to bring up something that was sort of like a dream come true for me. Um. I was actually given like a whole load of tools from, from a person that just found me online. It was awesome. So when I, when I opened up the shop, um, I put it on Google and then the local paper wrote up an article about me. um, Oh, that is cool. Moving in here. Yeah, it was, it was really unexpected. Um, But you know, since, since all of that, like people will, they, because they know I'm here, um, this, this gentleman who bought a house, he found all this leather crafting tools in the house or maybe a barn or something, but he was going to throw them away. But because he knew I was here, he just wanted to give them to me. And so he would called me and I talked to him and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, bring them by. Well, I wasn't here, but the, the guy that I rent from, he was here. And so he collected all. And I came in the next day, and it was just piles upon piles of, of stuff. Like, wow. Like, I think I, I would say probably five to $700 worth of veg tan leather, which was, I wasn't expecting. And about... Three, I would say close to 300, I haven't counted them, but 300 old, uh, like tooling, tool, like stamps, tooling stamps. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it blew my mind. I was just totally floored. And along with, you know, hand tools, 
uh, groovers and, and bevelers and overstitch uh, wheels. And I mean, just like everything you could think of. Um, Are they, is everything in good condition or is it some stuff that you're going to have to clean up and stuff? So there, it looks like some of the stuff has been stored. Like the leather was in, is in good condition. The leather's in pretty good condition. Um, the stamps, you, there might be like a little light, light rust, mm. but mostly just dust. And a lot of them look great. I mean, a lot of them look awesome. But it was, I have a modest supply of stamping tools. Mm. Uh, and, you know, now I have like all the tools. Uh, that is pretty lucky. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I was almost in tears when I was just going through it. When I came in, the guy that I rent from, he's, you know, he, he stacked it in front of my door, uh, some of it in front of the door. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this much. And he's like, that's not all of it. And he like in the other room that is that's here, he had like a big pile of stuff. And yeah, it was just. Oh, and on top of that, uh, magazines, Leathercraft magazines from the 70s and 80s um yeah so i have uh for the the whole 1970s and 1980s i have a make it have make it with leather magazines mm. um and then um uh, leather craftsman mag leather craftsman yeah um that i've got for the late 80s and early 90s um, so, you know, probably like a hundred magazines, hundred or more magazines. And they're just so cool. Cause they're, you know, they got patterns and everything in them and just, uh, just awesome. Um, I found some of the stuff that was this, the guy who apparently originally had it and he probably, he was probably in his peak. Um, I would say in the, the late seventies, early eighties. Really? And he just had so much. I don't know if he if he was a saddle maker. I know. Oh, and I've got all of his old patterns, too. So he's like all of his old tooling patterns. He's got bag patterns, um, just like hand drawn that he's done. Um, but, yeah, just doing some like trying to like doing a little detective work on him. Um, yeah, he was he, he lived down in California at some point and uh yeah i would love to find like a relative of him i'm sure he's not living because i looked him up and he'd be like 120 years old now um, wow but it would be cool to like find a relative of his and, and find out more about his life that but is it, really cool swivel knives oh uh there is a um on, in amongst the hall like just kind of rolling around is a ruby tipped uh, swivel knife blade, which I've, I've never seen one before, um, but it's super I've, cool. <laughs> I, I've seen one before and they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is so yeah, that was like a dream come true moment for me. Yeah. That's not many people get that. No. That's pretty awesome. No, I've heard about people like finding stuff at yard sales and stuff or, or like estate sales. Um, but I had no expectation 
that anything like this would ever just be dropped in my lap. And the guy didn't want anything for it. He's just, I just didn't want to throw it away and I knew you'd probably use it. So. Yeah. Wow. Thanks hey, for if that. you find it out any more information on the, you know, the original owner of the stuff, uh, send me a message and let me know. I'm yeah, curious yeah, to find out more. I will for sure. And especially if you, uh, to see some of the work he did back then. That'd yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I could send you some pictures of actually um, I do have one of his bags um, that he had made and I'll send you a picture of that. It, it's pretty cool. I've got it out on display here. Um, yeah. That's something you hang up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So send me that picture and um, I'm going to try to be a little bit more. uh, uh vigilant on the bespoke Cloma facebook page and i'm gonna try to on each episode i'm gonna try to post some pictures that i get from the guest so cool. send some of that and in the post that i share the episode on i'm gonna throw those in it and um also send me like some pictures of yourself your logo whatever you <laughs> want me to post for it yeah yeah sure problem okay so i'm about to have to cut it short because i gotta go pick up the kid um where can people find you, Dan? Uh, Instagram's probably the the easiest. Uh, so it's just spearheaders at spearheaders. Mm. Um, I've got a website, spearheaders.co. Um, yeah, or just just Google me. Um, you can find me online. Find me awesome. online if 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 you're local in Roseburg. Um, I'm not always at the workshop, but if you call me or or text me. Um, I can meet you here and if you want to see things in person or do something custom. I'm open to that. Awesome. And uh, real quick, a uh, little news update. Did you by chance hear about that uh, mummy they just found in Egypt? No. Yeah. He's they, when they you know uncovered it, they found it, that it was covered in chocolate and peanuts okay and they think it's Pharaoh Rocher <laughs> I love it <laughs> awesome alright right, Dan thank you so much for coming on this week um, and suffering through only uh, me and you on the podcast which I think we did pretty well yeah yeah hopefully Melissa gets feeling better oh, yeah. <laughs> alright Dustin take care alright Goodbye, everybody. Bye. I said it once, say it again. How many times I've told you? I know this stuff because I'm from the great state of Oklahoma.